All right. Good morning, guys. Let's go ahead and get started. A little delay, but that's okay. We've still got an on-time arrival going to happen here. A little AV technical difficulties. We're just going to cut some stuff. Not a problem. So we had some uh, entertaining videos to show you. For some reason, some of them have audio and some of them don't. So you're going to get some of them and not the others. But that's okay. We've got a few more weeks here of Tuesday morning and uh, maybe we'll sneak in some videos a little bit later. So our announcement MC time will be a little dry this morning because we don't have the uh, stylings and humor of some of the video clips. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll move on here. So a couple things on the docket today. First First of all, lamb's lunch. So we got that coming up both in February, March, and April. So even though we will be done with our men's lifetime by the time we get to April, we're still committed to that second Saturday. So we've got the sign-up list out there looking a little thin last time I checked. So please look at your calendars for those Saturday mornings. We've got a couple opportunities to serve both in preparation and serving and cleanup. So please, 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 if you've got some time in your calendar and a little... Uh, service in your heart, please get your name on that list. It helps us plan ahead of time so we know what to prepare for so we're not scrambling at the last minute. So the sooner you could do that, the better. Great opportunity to serve, no experience necessary. And if you've got young kiddos, it's a great opportunity to bring them along as well. We've done that many times with our kids. Uh, so good opportunity. So next we've got some news from the Heart Guys. I didn't know we have a little club going. Um, maybe not a club you want to be a part of, but nonetheless Yes. Uh, we can report that um, so Charles Coffey he's going to be released from the hospital today so that's uh, that's good stuff we'll probably get some more reports on, on, on him soon and then Steve and Carol Diebel got back into their home in the Spanish Hills area last Thursday so they've obviously been dealing with quite a bit so nice to know that they've got uh, at least one level of accomplishment under their belts and a little safety and security to be back in your house to be able to deal with all this stuff We've got fees for the second half of our class. I will not ask for a show of hands for people who still owe those. I can put my hand down because I paid mine yesterday. So I am off the naughty list. Steve, don't worry about that. But those of you who still uh, need to contribute that $33 for the second half, please, please, please do that as soon as possible. Uh, that's why we have all the great stuff we have. Uh, and if, oh, I'll tell you what, if we come some Tuesday morning and we're short on berries and brown sugar because some of you guys haven't paid your fee, uh, your MC is not going to be very happy. <laughs> so please make sure we've got that taken care of, that we can have a nice robust budget for what we do here on Tuesday mornings. Two more updates related to preschool and other things going on with the church. So things have gotten started with the preschool. You may have seen some of that activity around. But like all new endeavors, you know, they're still figuring out some stuff. So, we're, you know, we're going to be trying some things around here in terms of parking management and flow of people. And we're probably going to make some mistakes. And so we're going to change. So there's going to be some things just when you get used to, okay, this is how it works. We're going to figure out, uh, actually, we need the kids to go here and the parents to go there, and things will get mixed up a little bit. So we just really ask for your patience during that time. 
And again, like I mentioned last time, for those of you who may not have been here, you know, the people who are coming to drop their kiddos off from preschool, the vast majority of them are probably not part of this church, okay? So it's not like, oh, these are people, you know, we know, and, and they know how things work around here, and, you know, come on, figure it out. No, these are, these are people we need to be witnesses to. These are people that we need to demonstrate a lot of uh, compassion and patience to. So as you're figuring out what you need to do for parking, please don't get stuck in this mindset of like, well, that's my parking spot, and I've been doing this for the last 10 years that I've been part of men's life. Great. We need to be a little flexible. And if you hang around here a little longer and you see some people in the hallway and they look like they don't know where they're going, let's just be, you know, a little gracious and helpful as best we can. This is a great opportunity to serve our community and be a good witness for people outside our, our normal, uh, the people who are part of our, our church here. So thank you for your help with that and flexibility. It's going to take us several weeks as we figure out the right routine and right pattern. Similarly, the moms of preschoolers, the MOPS group, So they meet the second and fourth Tuesdays in this room. Okay, so we've got a little bit of a transition that happens. And uh, we want to make sure there's as many parking spaces uh, available as possible. So on Tuesdays, those who are parking in the west parking lot, please make sure you're not hanging around any longer than 8.30. Okay, so 8.30. So set your alarms if you'd like to hang around and have an extra cup of coffee and catch up with people. We definitely encourage that here at Men's Life, but just make sure that we're out, because you can imagine you got moms of preschoolers, God knows they need a break, (laughs) need some help, and the last thing they need is, again, us knuckleheads giving them trouble in the parking lot and no places to park and things like that. So just be mindful of those things. I think we got it covered. Steve, can I get a thumbs up? Anything else we need to mention? Okay. Well, we're going to transition to our teaching time. Uh, Mr. Mike Clark is here with us, as always, to bring us some wonderful insights and wisdom about the Holy Spirit, that uh, key part of the Trinity sometimes we take for granted, but really requires an acute understanding, not just at the theological level, which of course is important, but this practical application level, especially thinking about how the fruits of the Spirit are manifest in our lives. A lot of of great insights. So would you join me in a time of prayer as we just kind of bracket out some of these announcements and some of the practical details and considerations and and, uh, busyness of our schedules. Just set our minds right and uh, open our, our hearts for the teaching time we have here. God, good morning. Holy Spirit, Jesus Savior, we are, as always, thankful for the opportunity to be up and healthy and here. Thank you for the food and drink you've provided and the helping hands that have brought it to be. We just pause for a second to clear our minds, to confess things that are on our heart, to lift up those who are suffering and in need, and just the the groans we have of our fallen humanity that we can't always put into words, that we know that you feel and you hear and you respond. We lift that to you now. As we transition to our teaching time, we ask that you would be with Mike, that you would guide him and direct him, even during this time. If there's something extra you want him to say or not say, would you open his mind and his heart to that direction during this teaching time? Would you do that for us as well? We come in here with plans for our days, how we think things are supposed to go the rest of this week. Help us be open to maybe a course correction you might have for us or something we need to set down or move towards something new. 
Teach us, guide us, lead us into a deeper understanding of your spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you guys. I just appreciate the uh, great words of encouragement that you've been bringing my way. Um, just glad to be here with you, and I'm, I'm just amazed again that, that here we are again, and you are so committed and faithful to be here on these Tuesday mornings. Uh, we're part of something greater, and we're discovering that. How much we need each other, how much we can be together, how can, much we can be here Tuesday mornings for each other, and then that carries over. Uh, the Bible most often describes this amazing group that God's put us into called the church as the body of Christ. And most often uses our human bodies as kind of an illustration of how that works together. So we're going to show a little video here, some cool facts about the human body, and then we'll talk a little more about that. Any of you uh, find something new in that information? <laughs> just, yeah. So the human body is just amazing. Uh, here are some more amazing facts about the human body. Uh, a complex diversity creating an intricate and wondrous harmony. Think about that. The human body contains 208 bones, 640 muscles, and, and in the morning when one of those muscles aren't working right, you, <laughs> you suddenly realize where some muscles are. You never realized. 
about five million hairs on average. Now some of us don't have as much. <laughs> Over one billion nerves, 50 to 70 trillion cells at any one time, and around 100,000 miles of blood vessels, you could circle the earth two and a half times. God designed our bodies to be healthy and effective when it all works together. When it's not working together, then oh my. I can, when I go hiking, I can tell if it's going to be a good hike. Because I need every part of my body to feel good so I can enjoy that hike that day. If an ankle, knee, side, or stomach starts to hurt, it slows me down or even stops my hiking completely. But when all my body parts are working together, wow, it's a great day of hiking. It helps me realize how every part of my body is needed. If one part hurts, all of me suffers. You know, I might think I don't need a tendon in my wrist, but when it begins to throb in pain with each twist of my hand, I realize, hmm, that's obviously an important part of my body. I don't think about that tendon much, but it's really important. I might not realize how each of my teeth are valuable till one breaks a crown breaks, a gap is in my teeth, and I've had this. It begins to cause problems in how I eat. You know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine if your arm suddenly just decided, I'm not going to work today. And one of your arms is not working. To go through the day without an arm. Some people have to do that. If a knee stopped working, we've had trouble with our knees. That hurts our bodies. But when it's working all together, this body thing is amazing. So again, God has used the human body as an illustration of his church body, of how we live and work and minister together to be healthy and effective with our complex diversity. If you don't hear anything else here, I want you to hear today, I want you to hear this. You are needed in this body. You're important. You're vital. You might think, oh, I'm only a little part of it. Well, we've talked about how even little parts, when they're not working right, it, the rest of the body doesn't work well. Every one of us is needed. This miraculous, intricate, wondrous diversity, we're so different. Yet when it comes together, and it comes together in Christ, it's amazing what can happen. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 12. And do some investigation into that this morning to start off our time. Beginning in verse 12. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. Do you realize that your baptism was the work of the spirit? Into one body. That's what the spirit does. In our baptism, we are part, become part of this amazing one body of God, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, because the spirit's the one that brings us together, as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 
you might not think you're very needed or important, but God has designed you and what you are in his body, what part we are, exactly where he wanted us to be. This world makes us so much doubt our self-worth. But in God's eyes, you're vital, you're important, each of us. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So we're all part of the body of Christ. So the question is, what part are you? What part am I? Are you a big mouth for the Lord? That's what I am. But this big mouth needs helping hands, listening ears, supporting muscles, compassionate hearts, discerning noses. So last summer I had an operation on my nose. I had broken my nose officially at least four times. And for most of my life I couldn't use it at all. And so I finally said enough of that. And I had an operation this summer. And I can breathe through my nose again. It's amazing how that's changed my life to have my nose working again. It's wonderful. Each and every part of the body of Christ is as important as a nose, an ear, an eye. We need each other to be complete. That's the way God made us, how we, that we need each other. We need you to do your part. You need me to do my part. We need each other to be a healthy and successful body in Christ. The local church body needs everyone to discover their part then. None are more or less important. Some people are up front, and that seems important, but not as, no, not as, they're equally important as everyone doing their part. Everyone is val valuable, so the body works well. We need each other to succeed. We can't do it on our own. It's a great myth today in American Christianity that we can be a Christian by ourselves. Doesn't work well. And we can't say to another person, we don't need you. We don't need your part. The Lord cleverly decided that for those in the church, our success is as dependent on you as it is on me, as it is on each other. The best measure of our success is how we relate to each other and how we work together. If we don't learn our part, then we're all handicapped because we're missing something valuable. So lesson one today is each and every one of us is extremely valuable, is extremely needed in the local body of Christ. What's your part? You're needed. God has designed you to play an important, vital role in this body. 1 Corinthians 12, 21, he goes on to say, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored... Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. 
We're going to talk about spiritual gifts as being understanding of our part to play in the body of Christ. No one has all the spiritual gifts. God purposely does not give a lot of gifts to any one person. Maybe two, maybe three, very rarely more. Most of the time if we discover our one gift and use it well, that will help us be who we're supposed to be in this body of Christ. No one is independent. You know, it makes us kind of think humbly, well, if I'm an arm or an elbow even of that arm, I need others. And that's how he wants us to think. We need each other. We can't say, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The eye needs the feet to to transport the eye around to the next beautiful vista, right? Can you imagine an eye in and of itself rolling along a dirty, dusty path? I mean, this morning when I got up, I had something in one of my eyes. Imagine if my eye was in contact with the ground all the time, I'd be constant pain. It wouldn't work. I can't just be an eye. I need my feet to get me around. I need my hands. I can't just be a mouth. I can't be the big mouth alone. I need the hand to bring the food to the mouth to nourish this body. But we don't think about this enough. This often falls on deaf ears when we're thinking about the part we play and how we're needed in the local body of believers. Some people assume they can do so well by themselves, they don't need others. But what they don't comprehend is what they're missing by isolating themselves from other believers. They lose out on the greater love, joy, the success and effectiveness that occurs when we work together, doing our part. Some think they're more important than others. They look down on others with pride. They think too highly of themselves. And they don't think enough of others. And that causes all problems. The Apostle Paul warns against this kind of pride and individualism in Romans 12, 3-5. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And when he's talking about the faith here, it can also be interpreted as gifts of God. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though we're many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. All right, so we've got about 90 men or so in here. Think what happens if each of us discovers what our part is in just this body right here today and how we can serve each other and do so much more as God calls us to use each of our unique strengths that God has gifted us with to make a difference. This group right here could change Boulder and Boulder County. If we really let the person that God designed us to be out, free, to live for Jesus and for each other. Wow. We belong to each other, brothers. We belong to each other. Again, so grateful that you're showing up because, and I just heard again this morning. I said, oh, we're here so early. I was saying to one of the men this morning, he says, yes, well, I want to be here. 
because I want to be with these brothers. It's so vital for me in my life, in my week, to be here, to support and to be supported as brothers in Christ. We have our distinctive roles to play. Some think they can go it alone, but this, not, this, this multiplication effect, again, there's only so much I, you know, I can do as a pastor. Um, I've served in lots of different sizes, churches from, churches from a couple hundred to a couple thousand. And what is amazing is how people in churches too often think the pastor can do everything. And they asked the pastor to do everything. Actually, the longer I was in ministry, the more I realized that that really hurt the church when I tried to do everything. What, because I was taking away from what someone that was designed by God and placed in that particular body was supposed to do. I was taking it away from them by trying to do it. Now, of course, I got overwhelmed. There was a time in my ministry I got burned out. Because I was trying to do it all by myself. So foolishly prideful of me. When we realize how we can call on each other and discover who we are together in Christ. This is what leads to the success of the body of Christ. So I want you to hear, this is so vital. And it's, by the way, it's a misprint in the outline today. So let me say it clearly. Every follower of Jesus is a minister. You all have your part to play. We, all of us have our part to play in the ministry of Christ. Every follower is a minister. This is the one that got misprinted. Every follower of Jesus has a ministry. Not has a minister. Has a ministry. Alright? What's your part in that ministry? Every follower is a ministry. Therefore, every follower has a ministry. If you're a minister, you have a ministry. But here's the great news today. Every follower of Jesus has a gift that their ministry will be successful. So if you're trying to do the ministry of the supernatural God without the supernatural power God has given you through the Holy Spirit, his spiritual gift, you're not going to be very effective. In fact, you're not going to do much at all. And if we as the church, and here's something that today I know churches do not understand because I so rarely see it happening. But unless we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit through the gifts he's given us to do ministry, we cannot succeed in doing the things God's called us to do. The reason we're not making a great impact changing Boulder County with the 90 guys here is we're not, we just don't realize the power we have. We're trying to do it in our own strength, our own abilities, our own uh, wisdom. But we have so much more than that. We have so much more than that. You are a minister. You have a ministry. And you have a spiritual gift to do that ministry. Here's what's amazing about God. He puts all of us together in the body, but even all of me together and who I am, every part of me, God designed to work together to fulfill the greater ministry God has for me. Now, uh, this is kind of interesting to think about. But my name was just given, my parents like my name, but every part of my name, first, middle, and last, is all about ministry. <laughs> when I realized this, it just blew me away. The name Michael. My, my mom and dad love the name Michael. They just chose it. But Michael's one of the archangels who was the chief announcer of God's good news in the Bible. My middle name is Paul. 
the Apostle Paul, who went out to the Gentiles to do ministry. My last name is Clark. Clark comes from the English word, old word cleric. It means clergy. <laughs> so uh, Michael Paul Clark is God's messenger of his word serving in the church as a pastor. Isn't that crazy? Never even thought of that till I was like 30 or so. Who we are in our experiences, all God works together for what we're becoming to minister in his name. Who we are in our persona, our psyche, is all part of who we are to minister in God's name. Okay, if you're an introverted person, do you think you're going to stand up front? So your ministry isn't going to be an upfront kind of ministry. If you're extroverted, do you think you'll be in front of person? people? Yeah. You get Matt. You're an introverted guy, right, Matt? <laughs> Part of who he is is his extroversion, his ability to get up in front of a group and feel comfortable and lead us on Tuesday mornings. Our emotions, our emotional being, our spiritual being, our physical being, every part of us God designed to fulfill his part in ministry. And you know, this ministry doesn't stop in just this world. You and I are going to keep ministering forever. There's one part that will stop, and that's the evangelism side. But every other part, we are going to be serving each other and God, and it's going to be joyful to have that valuable ministry to do for eternity. Do you ever think about that? So discovering who we are now is part, again, this elementary school of life where we're learning who we are for eternity. And that comes in how we minister, serve. Minister just means to serve. So realize that spiritual gifts in each believer work together so that the church may bring glory to the Lord and we're all going to enjoy the benefits. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6. There are different gifts, different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. The spirit decides which gift we get because only the spirit knows what gift we need to be able to fulfill what God's intention for us is for eternity. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God working all of them in all men. Do you see the Trinity here? You've got the spirit, you've got the Lord, and you've got God the Father. But they're all working together so that we're unified. There are many different gifts. You could say, well, I really want this gift. But that gift may not be what you're really about for eternity. We need to understand that God gives the gifts according to how he designed us. He decides the gifts. We don't decide that. He defines the gifts. And he empowers the gifts. Again, we're doing supernatural things for an amazing God. So we need to tap into the supernatural power of the Spirit in the gifts we've been given. That's what distinguishes a gift from a talent. First Peter 4:10-11. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others. So that's what the gifts are for. What's a spiritual gift for? Why do we want a spiritual gift? So that we can serve each other. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, that's what I'm trying to do this morning, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. When I speak, Mike Clark's truth won't get us anywhere. But God's truth is exactly what we need for this week, for today. And that's what I'm trying to share with us.
If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So basically, I'm going to talk about this next week more. There are two types of gifts. There are speaking gifts and there are serving gifts. And we'll outline them. But we do both to the glory of God to serve and build up this body. So, in other words... We speak, we serve what? So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. It's all to God's glory. We use our spiritual gifts to serve each other and bring glory to God. We use our gifts to administer God the Father's grace, the gift of grace we find in the Lord Jesus Christ, the strength to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, as they work together, as they each have their part, you see, we parallel that. We mirror that. God the Father, God the Son, the Spirit. It's hard to tell sometimes. Who's doing what? What is each working? It will be very hard to tell if when we're all working at full capacity and who God intended us to be. Amazing things happens because it's the power of compound interest. You know what the power of compound interest is in terms of your bank accounts? You know, when I first started putting money into an IRA way back, I put it, first put it in for my wife's name back in our 20s. I cannot believe what compound interest has done over the years to build up a nice little retirement fund. You all understand that? Well, same thing happens here. When we get together and work together, it's not, we're not just 80, 90 men. We're so much more. God compounds the strength that we bring together and makes us into a huge, amazing group that can do mighty things. When the body of Christ understands Jesus is the head, from which each part gets our direction, when he sets us off to do what he calls us to do, when we speak the language of the Lord, we communicate well together, when we learn to live by the strength of the Holy Spirit, wow, watch what happens. Varied gifts in diverse people from distinctive backgrounds and experiences come together in the body of Christ to accomplish remarkable things. You know what happens when you get an orchestra? How many of you would like to go to a, a, a recital where all you hear the whole time is a clashing cymbal? That's it. One clashing, or maybe 20 people playing. Let's play cymbals together, right? That's not how an orchestra works, right? You get everybody playing their instrument. Horns and strings and drums, everything. And you get Beethoven's fifth. Wow. Blow you away. How about an athletic team? Can everybody be the quarterback? Can everybody be a lineman? No, we've got to play your part on the team. And then when it works so well together, when everybody realizes it's not about the individual, it's about the team, that team does so well. Uh, how about, think of an, an operating room. And you've got every part of that surgical team doing their part. Not just the surgeon with his hands, but the nurses, the anesthesiologists, the, all everybody trained to do their part. What about um, mission command to send astronauts into space? And everybody at their station doing what is vital to keep that spaceship going up and coming back down and carrying out its mission. That's what happens when we work together. With God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit leading us to be a people together, using our spiritual gifts, you get miraculous results. So again, I mentioned, a spiritual gift is different than a natural talent. Uh, 
We all have natural talents. Some are innate in who we are, and some are things that we've learned over the years. It is estimated that we at least have, we have thousands of innate talents and learned talents. Uh, to tie your shoe is an innate, a learned talent, right? To play piano might be a learned talent. So what's the difference between someone who has a, who's a talented piano player and someone who's gifted in playing the piano? Well, I've heard amazing pianists. And when it's an amazing gift, an amazing talent rather, I can listen to them and I walk away saying, wow, that was a great experience. But I'm not changed at all, you see. I, I was encouraged. I was, that was great. That was a wonderful experience. Wow, that person knows how to play the piano. Wow, that was incredible. But I go about my day and like to see maybe them, hear them play again sometime. But if someone is using their talent of playing the piano and then are gifted in the arts, which God gifts people in the arts for worship, when they play the piano... After they're done, it has drawn me closer into the presence of God. See, the Holy Spirit got in touch with the giftedness combined with the talent of that person and used that to elevate me into God's presence. I love it when I preach. I, don't, I love to preach, but I'm not talking about me preaching now. I love it when I preach when some people have gone ahead and prepared the way for me to speak by lifting people into God's presence through their worship skills and talents and gifts. God will use a gifted... Uh, I preached on this 26th, the day after Christmas. Uh, there was a man they brought in who sang an amazing song. I don't know if any of you were there. Boy, did that really make that worship go. Really brought us into the presence of God. It was a gifted moment. And it made it easier for me to preach. Uh, wow, an amazing time. You've heard talented orators. And if they have the talent of oration, they'll be funny, they'll be insightful, and you walk away saying, that was a good time. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed listening to that person. But did they bring a message that changed your heart and changed your life? When someone has the gift of preaching, it's called prophecy, they bring God's word that changes our lives. The Spirit takes their gift and use it. I, it was amazing when Matt, you prayed today, you prayed that maybe something I hadn't even planned to be said, the Spirit would say. That happens to me all the time. It's because I have a gift of prophecy. The, to prophesize doesn't mean to tell the future. It means to share God's truth. And over and over, I get up I mean, I didn't even plan to say this today. I didn't even realize you were going to say this. But it perfectly illustrates the point that here is the Spirit trying to reach out to us and open our hearts and minds this morning through something I hadn't planned at all. As we are in touch with the Spirit working in our circumstances and situations, that's what the Spirit does. He opens everything up to His work and makes it supernatural, makes it greater. 
None of us receive many gifts because we need to use, learn how to use one or two well and work, use them together. We need each other in our gifts. The Lord uniquely knows how he has designed this body here for success. Spiritual gifts draw people into the presence of the Lord. They elevate hearts, minds, and efforts empowered by the Spirit toward the greater purpose of God. They become conduits through which the Holy Spirit transforms lives and relationships. They solidify the bonds of love and care that unite the people of God into his family. When a follower of Jesus discerns and begins to utilize his spiritual gift for the greater good of the church, the change the satisfaction in using that gift and the success is expounded and multiplied over and over. So I want you to think of this as you're going to small groups. Next week we're going to take a look at this, the list of gifts. I'll give you a list of, of some of the major gifts in the Bible and we'll talk about them. But today I want you to realize until every member of the church discovers their spiritual gift and uses this, the church will never really be successful. So we need, we need you. I don't know if you know your gift. I don't know if you know your part in, this, in the ministry. But we need you to help us be open to discovering that. And in a couple of weeks we'll talk about how you actually go about discovering your spiritual gift. This is kind of an introductory today. We need you. Discover your gift. You... I didn't, I'll go over the scripture in another week, but it, the scripture says clearly, the Bible says clearly, every follower of Jesus has a spiritual gift. If you don't think you have one, it's just because you haven't discovered it yet. The Bible promises you have a gift. You are a ministry, you have a ministry, and you have a ministry gift. Second big fact, then, and it gets so exciting when this happens, and I've seen it happen over and over. When we discover our gifts and begin to use them, things happen that we could never explain any other way, but that God is among us. The Spirit is working. And amazing things are happening. And I pray we're going to see that. Amen? Let's pray and send you off to groups. Lord, thank you for each man here today. Thank you that you, before the world even began, you knew them personally. You designed them when they were even in their womb. You knit them together. In, in, when, in our mom's wombs, you knit us together to become the people of God you intended us to be. You gave us talents. You gave us personality. You gave us all that we are. And then when we follow Jesus... You give us a spiritual gift that we can be successful, that we can serve you and serve each other for the greater glory and the greater joy and the greater unity of the church and its success. Help us now to begin to focus on what is our part in this body. What is our ministry? What is our spiritual gift? And how to release that gift to do amazing things for you and for each other. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.